0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We'll talk the games and all the rest About the team that we love best We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long
1: And I welcome you to another edition of Meet Me Amusual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptow C70 at the Bad At C seventy on Twitter with me as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Ripper, A Medlock One on Twitter. Uh, you know, here we are, mid November, uh recording this on Friday the thirteenth in twenty twenty, um, which means probably everything's gonna go wrong in the middle of the show. That's great to know. Um, and there's really not a lot going on, which is not surprising. I mean it's I, you know, Alan, I think even if this was a normal year, it feels like this time between end of the season and what normally would be like GM meetings, and even into the winter meetings, it just hasn't been that busy for the for a while now, right? I mean, it's
0: just, it's usually a quiet time of year. Sure, sure. And then it's, uh, you usually have the, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of changed in the in years past where the GM meetings now are kind of just, Laying the groundwork for things that could happen, or the possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember you would hear some some things within the past, you know, ten years or so that would happen. Now it's everything's so buttoned up that it doesn't really, that not much leaks. But yeah, it's kind of, kind of. This is kind of how we thought that it was going to go. Not mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, not a lot of movement. Not a lot of talk. You there was more news this week than I anticipated, uh, but with the holiday coming up and all that good stuff. It's it's probably going to be pretty quiet. I would assume until the non tenure tenders in December.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had you know baseball had the awards come out this week, um, but the Cardinals didn't really have anybody really in contention for that. I think what Paul Goldschmidt was kind of a down ballot MVP guy, maybe ninth, tenth, twelfth, I think. Twelfth, yeah. I mean, yeah. but no, I mean, there was no consideration that he was actually going to be. Yeah a contender. And, um, there wasn't anybody that really <clears throat> stood out. I mean, obviously nowadays it's a little different, obviously in the <laughs> last few years when you get the, you get the finalist announced right after the playoffs where you used to have to wait till the actual word came out to find out where anything was at. Um, I think that, um, you know, there just wasn't anybody you could argue that was even, I mean, maybe you can make an argument for mike shield in the manager of the year place just because of what he had to deal with but as it's as what has become a very maybe blah team there just wasn't anybody that stood out well enough to be on on that kind of level
0: yeah it's uh, yeah i it was it was it's weird because the the Awards seem so far away for that very reason this year. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, there was there wasn't e- even in the winners. It didn't seem like there was any suspense on any of those, and and a lot of that may have been just because I just didn't have a, a ton of interest other than finding out who it was. Like I didn't watch a single one of the shows. Right. But yeah, it, it's funny. You you kind of hope that at one point in the year that uh, maybe a maybe a wayno or a uh, or a, uh, KK Kim would get it, get it acknowledgement, but you know, he was, he was out some of the year and, and uh, just didn't happen. And, and yeah, I, I don't know how, how, uh, how much that's weighed on what time, kind of team it is. We, I mean, we have them under radar constantly. So we feel like that, but uh, it was just such a weird season. you, you I mean, I, I don't think the expectations were that high.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was what, I mean, if you pitched the whole season, you probably got maybe 10 starts. Um, if you're a starting pitcher, um and obviously none of the cardinals pitchers got to do that you know just with the way that things went and such um it, it was it was a weird season um and you know maybe if they played a full year maybe somebody would have heated up maybe goldschmidt could have put up some numbers because he did play well this sure. year oh yeah absolutely but maybe he could have built up some numbers to be in that conversation but you know the cardinals also were a team that um made the playoffs, but didn't win the division, didn't necessarily stand out in a year where, you know, so many people made the, the playoffs. And, I mean, part of those MVPs, Cy Young voting good or bad is, um, you know, how your team did too. I mean, it's not all of it, but you're definitely going to get a little bit of a boost if your team is, you know, in contention and things like that. Now, obviously, you know, like Trevor Bauer won for the Reds and they were a third place team uh, that made the playoffs uh, or fourth. Um, But, you know, again, weird year. Uh, So but that that shouldn't happen that often. I don't feel like, I mean, maybe it's more likely to with the pitchers than the hitters, but um, I still think you get a little bit of a, of a boost, um, you know, a few bonus points for being on a team that's, that's winning their division.
0: Yeah. And then that you, you're in the, uh, you're in the spotlight a little more too. Which right. I think adds a lot to it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, uh, that was. I was trying to think while we were talking of the one if there was anything that we felt like was off the wall or guys that didn't make the playoff that uh, that actually won an award. And of the four or five that I can't right on top of my mind, I can't think of one. Do you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't think of anything either. I didn't even pay that much attention to who won, so um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not the right person to ask. But um but yeah, I mean, I think who won the? I see, Matting- did Mattingly win the manager of the year? Yes. Yeah. I see. That's. I think that's a place. Like I said, that Schilt might have had some some play, but you know, the Marlins weren't supposed to do anything, and they yeah. did make it into the playoffs. Plus, they dealt with their own COVID situation. Um I think that all that added up makes sense for, for Mattingly um, where, I mean, he would have been a guy that probably could have done it in a year. Cause if the Marlins had been, <clears throat> the Marlins had finished second, even if they hadn't made the playoffs in a normal year, he'd have won. So I, I don't think that, you know, the shortened season helped him out a whole lot either, except for the fact that maybe they wouldn't have stayed as good as they were in a longer season. So I don't know. Um, so again, not a whole lot going on. Of the,
0: the, I, not to interrupt you, but of the eight awards, only one did not make the playoff, and that was okay. AL rookie of the year.
1: Okay. Yeah, and rookie of the year is something different. I mean, it, I don't know that it you can be a dominant rookie and win the and the, uh, win that award and not have to be sure. on a playoff team. I think yeah. that that is one that that is the connection is a little bit less. Yeah. But. Uh, who won the rookie? Who was that?
0: Uh, it was Kyle Lewis. in oh, Seattle. yeah,
1: yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I was a little bit surprised. Not looking at any of the numbers, so I had no idea. But I was yeah, well, and that's
0: but... and that's tough for us to even know. I mean, in a, in right. a year, in a normal year, we might, we may not know other than the headlines about Seattle or what you watch sure. late night on your MLB Direct TV. You know what I mean? One of those yep. type of situations. And yep. and if you would have asked me, I would have known it. You know, just now. So yeah, I mean, I, it goes in what you're saying. I think.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of expected it to be Luis Robert just because that would have sent Cardinal Twitter even farther down the tubes. So yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um but uh, you know, we did get to see him a little bit and I knew how much he had kind of drawn attention. But uh, you know, again, Lewis out there in Seattle, you are right, we don't get to see much and hear much about so um and you know, I'm again, I'm not I'm not questioning the awards. like I said, we don't Sure, sure. Did pay enough attention to anything outside of St. Louis? I don't think this year to, to make uh, any kind of judgment call. So, um, this week over at the site, I started my um, exit interview series that I've done. Well, this is I think this is the ninth year now <clears throat> I've done this, where we look at each player. Um, and, and Alan, I think we will just I'm not going to go through every body that we've gone through this week, and there's still some that are. In fact, uh, as we record this, another one's about to post here in about 20 minutes. So um, I don't want to go through all of these, but maybe hit some highlights. I want to hit some of the, the maybe the major players and get your thoughts just on on their season, what you felt like their season was like. Um, and we start Harrison Bader. Um, you know, I think that, again, I didn't do letter grades this year for these guys just because it was such a crazy year and you don't know. But I feel like if we were going to give letters for, for this and maybe that's the way we do this, um, Bader's probably a C, maybe. I don't know. what do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. and that that maybe even on a, on a uh, yeah yeah, I would say so. It seems like he, boy, he's in the crosshairs right now. and I feel like I'm guilty as guilty as anybody on Bader. But when you look, <laughs> his offensive, his offense was not terrible considering now over six over something longer than 60 games, it may have been. So I think C is probably fair. Uh, the, uh, it was funny. I always love the exit interviews and, Sometimes you know, to, as fate would have it, guys roll out early. And with Bader being a BA, uh-huh. yeah. he came out pretty early. And I was thinking, man, now let's see how the grading curve works on this. And <laughs> I thought you were incredibly fair in, in the things that that you put in the in the write up because overall he probably gets slumped in because he is the figurehead of the outfield that just isn't very good, and mm-hmm. or wasn't this year and hasn't been last wasn't last year. So you know, you draw your own conclusions, I guess, on one of those situations. But I think a C is fair. Um, defensively, he's still the, he's still the player that we thought he was. Um, You know, I I feel like there may have been a step back a little bit, but that's just me personally. But then the numbers kind of show that, that I don't know what that means, especially considering that they played so many double headers and, and all those things. I don't know how much we can factor that stuff in, but um, no, I thought the the grading was fair. I thought the write-up was really good and fair. And uh, I think a lot of baggage hangs on Bader just because he, like I said, he is, he's the face of the outfield that just isn't very productive right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, it was a weird year for him. and it's hard to draw any conclusions. Ben Cerruti pointed out some, some really weird stuff in a, a thread on Twitter. Um, like how he destroyed the Reds and, you know, didn't do yeah. anything to against anybody else. But I think the most interesting thing is, you know, he had like a, you, you look at the end of the year and he's got 111 OPS plus, which is nice. It's not great, but it, I mean, it's above average. But, you know, Ben pointed out, he went two for three with a triple and a home run and in his last game It raised it like 12 points. I mean, other than that, he'd been under a hundred. And, you know, we're talking about a slightly below average player. I mean, that's that's one, the sample size that we see. Um, But too, you know, he did. He had a, that stretch. He had five of his twenty-four hits in the last week. So maybe he was turning a corner, or maybe it was just a a run. But yeah, uh, September twenty-second, he's hitting one ninety-eight, uh, and he finishes the year at two twenty-six. So I mean, that's batting average, and you take what it's for worth. But you know, a good week at the right time gets you a little bit, maybe a better better um, evaluation going
0: into the the winter people have the last thing that they saw on their minds. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's I thought uh oh Ben's thread was I thought that that I didn't realize it was that one sided. But then again, I guess it would be easy like I I would like to see if any other player in any division had that kind of one sided number against the mm-hmm. team, but considering they played them the most, I mean that it makes sense. But yeah, I didn't realize that he that he did that to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is it's interesting, you know. said, Ben broke it down. He, he did, he did well against you know teams under five hundred, not so much above. There's, there's a lot of different ways you look at that, and there was a lot of, way- but you know, it is a a fluky season, and you don't know how much to put that in there. I got it. I mean, if you're looking at next year, and I put it down, I mean, Bader's your right now. Bader's probably your center fielder. I mean, it would be good if they could get somebody to kind of platoon with him a little bit and, you know, let him hit lefties and such. But, yeah. you know, if I, and that's possible because that's in the ballpark budget yeah. thing that they could do. But right now, I mean, as it stands, he's the guy that's going to be out there most of the time.
0: I felt like you answered your own question, though, in your exit interviews and something that would make a little bit of sense to where, yes, you're going to play Bader against most lefties and he's probably going to play late game defense anyway. Mm-hmm. With Fowler's numbers eroding as a right-handed hitter, that could be your platoon right there, and then that gives Carlson a lot of at-bats in center and right.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very possible, and then they leave
0: Tyler O'Neill for the other spot. Yeah, and um, I think that that may—I think there may be a broad. I mean, anybody that's listening to the show knows that I kind of feel like they're going to really play this the uh, the non-tender game pretty heavy, and I mm-hmm. could see them bringing in a, a, another bat to. Uh, to uh pair with O'Neill and also another infielder. Um, you know, but I kind of feel like that may be the direction they go. And and I don't know if we're gonna get to well, we obviously haven't gotten to O'Neill yet because we haven't got to the O's, but um yeah. but uh i <laughs> we were talking last week about how there's a chance that uh you know the Cardinals may win two gold gloves and neither of them be a Cardinal next year. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think that O'Neill probably did enough where he probably comes back and I think you may Give him the the uh, give him the uh, the majority of the run early and maybe see what Thomas has yeah, post COVID you know I don't know
1: yeah yeah um, actually I don't want to get into you know, Thomas is what I wrote I think last night for yeah 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 so, well um, I didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but it's yeah easy I don't I, don't, I don't, the outfield yeah I get you I know I, I, that's why I'm holding back because I had yeah that, about, no 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 100 percent that but uh but yeah I'm gonna I mute my mic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that uh, that makes sense. So, um, move on, and we'll well let's let's while we're in the outfield, I, I'm going to skip over Cabrera. I'll come back to him, but you know we got Dylan Carlson here, and you know we the guy had expectations on him. There's no doubt about it, and that's is that just a function? Do you think of? I mean, like. Has there always been that, you know, did a Todd Worrell come up, expect, you know, and people expect him to be the lockdown closer? Um, I mean, I don't feel like, I think we people had an idea of Albert, but they didn't have a chance to really build him up. I don't, I, you know, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is our focus now, because we look at prospects and we focus and we've we got people like Kyle who do such a great job letting yeah. us know about people that are coming up and and Kyle, Kyle is great about tempering expectations and saying, look, if this guy's a fourth outfielder, that's a great career. You know, let's not, he's not on this, you know, let's not assume he's a hall of famer, but I think a lot of people start seeing these names and start seeing what they're doing in the post in the minors. And they start thinking this guy's going to be awesome. And then we see guys like, you know, Juan Soto or, you know, a guy like Mike Trout who struggled his first year, but then, you know, Became awesome his second. We see prospects come up and, and immediately have that impact. You know, we put those expectations on there. I don't know is that is that fair? um Does that make that Carlson's year a disappointment, even though he made it to the big leagues? Where, where are you out on Dylan Carlson?
0: Well, I would if you were to game if you were to to assign me the job of putting a grade on Carlson, I would put a pretty solid B. Mm. Um, and I did that just because I felt like he hit into a ton of bad luck. I think it Mm kind of got in his head a little bit. I think the whole environment of COVID and playing in a different type game, basically than they were used to affected him. I think he went down for the reset and came back to the player that we expected. Um, I do think expectations are a little high and I think that's just because there are so many avenues to get information now. And that's why you, I give Kyle and those guys a lot of credit, and being able to read through a lot of those things and put eyes on guys and great, give them, give them a grade themselves because the whirlwind upcoming, up, some of these guys coming up is maybe just too much. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you asked that. I remember, I'll tell you the the prospect that I remember that gained so much steam. The first, one I remember with Todd Zeal. I was just about to say, I bet you're gonna to say Todd Zeal. Yeah, I remember that one the most just because that was that was probably early middle school for me, I would think. And then I remember that was a big deal. That was a, a big, big deal. Him coming up, a catcher with his skills, power hitter. Mm-hmm. I remember him being in Arkansas as the double A, you know, as their double A catcher, and it mm-hmm. was a big big situation for him to come. It's, to it's
1: ironic to say that I have right here, right next to me a framed a Arkansas Traveler scorecard because it's signed by not only Todd Zeal, but also Jeff Vassero. Oh, nice. Um, but I need nice. to hang up on my wall. Um, yeah, he was. you're right. He came through and he was going to be a big thing and he turned out to be a great career it's yeah. not what we
0: yeah. expect 100 and then i was kind of going well as you were talking about some of that and expectations i was kind of in my mind going through some of the guys that i remember coming up i remember the one that had a ton was ankeel yeah that was just because that he was so electric i remember that his starts were must-see i watched one if not two um here in Tulsa. i know that he was dominant in this one and man he was young you know in that yeah. one um and then, of course, you, you roll into some others. And, you know, Pujols made such a such an impact because he played in three level, levels in one year. Yeah. You know, he went through so quick, and, and you knew that something was coming up. You didn't think it was that special, but mm-hmm. but you knew that hitting his way onto the team was something. Tavares has similar um, – mm-hmm. I felt like Carlson's kind of in the same as Tavares, and I, that may be just because those are the two highest-ranked players prospect outfielder bats that they've had in recent memory and they kind of fit but you know a long way around the answer I was pleased with Carlson um I thought that that uh he didn't disappoint by any means and I I just felt like he hit into a ton of bad luck um I know it was weird I felt like he hit some lasers right at people um it it kind of goes back into that conversation we've had a few weeks ago to where sometimes it feels like the the shifts hurt the Cardinals more than the Cardinals hurt other teams in the shifts. And, and that just may be us being way too critical. I don't know, but I felt like that affected Carlson quite a bit.
1: Well, there's a little bit of confirmation bias there just because, you know, if you do beat the shift, you don't always know it or always, yeah, remember, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, you know, Carlson definitely seemed to come on at the end um, where he got his, maybe his foot back uh, feet back under him and, um and all that, so I you know I look forward to seeing what he can do on a on a full season. So. Sure, Hinesis uh, Cabrera, any thoughts on on Cabrera?
0: I Cabrera is is crazy to me just because he is so talented, and I love that look out of the bullpen. Um, I worry they don't seem to be doing this, but I do wonder if they're going to constantly. Work him as a potential starter somewhere down the line to only end up in the bullpen and kind of the reverse way. I feel like they do with some guys where they pigeonhole guys, players mm-hmm. to hey, he's a reliever. Like I feel like Helsley right now may never get a chance to starter because they're so convinced that he's going to be a dominant reliever. And that may be the best way to do it. I'm not arguing that at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if some commitment to Cabrera like that would, would do him a little good. You know, and maybe maybe get that control uh, underway. But other than that, I mean, I feel like he's one of their better bullpen arms this year. Uh, I would probably give him a C-plus to a B-minus. Because um, if he didn't walk guys, he would be dominant. And this yep. is a perfect a, a perfect situation that you were talking about. of, You know, those last memories make the longest impression. And, you know, he, he struggled in the playoff a little
1: bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that is a thing, and that's what they've talked about. And now Cabrera's still young, and there's still a lot of things to go. And he does have a good arsenal. I mean, you've seen that. He just he just got to be more consistent about getting strikes, um, and maybe that cuts into his strikeout numbers or whatever. But you know, they just can't can't be putting people on like that. Um, but it felt like once Cardinals had a lead. Um, in a game that they thought they could win, Schilt went with Cabrera, Reyes, and yeah. Gallegos. I mean, he was he was he was considered one of the the top guys out there. I mean, I don't think they would ever have wanted him to be pitching like the ninth inning of a one run game or anything like that just because of his command. But he was a guy that could pitch an inning or two in the middle of a of a game that, that was tight, and and they felt confident in him. So. Giving credit for that, you'll see what he does next year. Is I, I don't know. I you ask about whether they're going to make him a starter. Um, I don't know. I, I wonder about it. A, a year like this might not have shifted them to letting him be a reliever. Yeah. Um, again, it really kind of boils down to who you got. I mean, because right now the Cardinals. I mean, if even if they don't bring back Wainwright, you know, you've got Austin Gomber, you've got Ponce de Leon probably, you've got Oviedo. Um, you got those kind of guys, ahead, probably ahead of, of a guy like Cabrera and a guy like um Helsley, and then you have to determine where Alex Reyes goes into that mix. Um, and there's still a lot of arms there, so I yeah. feel like they're probably probably it might do that whole train as a starter just to keep your stamina up type sure. of thing. Sure. Um, but I think they'll probably be in the bullpen. Um, you know, I tell you, first day on my stuff. We have Bader. We had Cabrera. <laughs> Carlson, and then we had Carpenter. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know, after this, <laughs> everything's going to be, Phil's kind of going to blow. Sure. Um, You know, we've talked about Carpenter a lot this year. Um, It seems very difficult for me to see how he vests that option for next year. Yeah. I think the Cardinals would really have liked, to if they could go back in time and not give him that extension because he would have had, I think, an, I don't he had an option for twenty two, an option for twenty twenty one. I guess he had an option for twenty twenty one, which they could have looked, declined now. Even if they brought him back, at least been cheaper. Um, I think everything that we saw in nineteen that worried us about Carpenter continued in twenty, and it's and then there's moments where he looks okay, but for the most part it just doesn't feel like he's going to be a even average necessarily bad again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. It's one of those to where even when they let Wong move on and uh, wherever that, that plays out, we, we don't know yet. I still can't see a situation where Carpenter gets the majority of at bats as a third baseman. I mean, I, I, a lot of this plays into a lot of, uh, into Cardinal mindset that we feel like they do every year of, going through those non-tenders, going through the uh, waiver wire, and picking those guys up in spring. We see it every year. I feel like they're going to be a little more active in the early part of the offseason of doing that, considering there may be 300 players out there by the second week of December. I think there's Mm -hmm. going to be options. I think there's going to be competitive options. Um, And I just can't see a situation where Carpenter's just a fallback uh, third baseman because – of, of a financial situation because you're going to be able to get some guys pretty cheap. And and I hate to say that because Carpenter means a lot to me, means a lot to most Cardinals fans, I think. Um, he's been beat up recently, maybe unfairly, considering what everything that he has done. But, but yeah, I keep thinking that he's going to turn the corner, but we've said that for three years now, and, and I just don't see it coming. And I just don't see a situation where he's going to be your everyday third baseman at this point in his career.
1: I would hope not. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they'll find some way of getting somebody in there that can do that. Um, I don't think it's going to be trading for Francisco Lindor, and even though uh, and moving Paul DeYoung to third, just because I, I know that the Cardinals were kind of somewhat tied to that this week, but I feel like that's just a, oh, what team do we need? What team might, you know, use a oh. Use some offense. Oh, it's a well, Cardinals. I mean, and
0: you, you know what? I don't. I don't want to throw fire on that or that or throw water on that rumor either. But the teams bring up the Cardinals because the Cardinals never comment on it. Yeah. So right. that can stick around forever.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I don't. I noticed Derek Gould talked about his last, not the one with Bernie, but the one before that. Talked a little bit about that kind of topic, and I didn't get a chance to listen to that episode. But I imagine it's something like that that he said, right? That uh, yeah,
0: one hundred percent, yeah. Can't <laughs> they get brought up in every rumor for that reason?
1: Right, um, it's it's a good trick for the agents to do. So, um anyway, yeah, I, I think that uh, we'll see oh, somebody taking that up because either if the Cardinals if the Cardinals don't contend next year, it makes it very easy for you to sit Carpenter and play somebody else. If the Cardinals do contend next year, you can probably sit Carpenter because you know, I mean, there's there's just not. There's not a case unless Matt Carpenter comes out and has a dominant spring and a dominant April or, you know, whatever the season might start next year. Um, And that kind of first impression gets him more playing time than maybe he should. But I mean, he's going to have to do something right now. The default is not going to be to let him play. Even if he's the quote regular third baseman, he's still not going to play. Six days a week, five days. Yeah, a week. I wouldn't think so. I mean, he may play the majority of the time at third, but that's not going to be a dominant majority. It may be a, it may be an election majority, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or to you know, 52-48 uh, 50, or something like that on, on the on somebody else. Um, I, I just don't I just don't see how that can. I mean, you know, players do get a late season, you know, late career resurgence sometimes, and maybe that's what happens. But I just don't think there's anything in the the numbers that kind of indicates that.
0: Yeah. I, I do wonder about, um, I've seen both, both things, you know, yay and nay about whether there's going to be a a designated hitter next year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that could be a role that, you know, where he gets at bats, but I still don't think he's going to reach the option type. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like outside of a regular carpenter is probably going to be a pretty, 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 it would be a pretty good bat to have but you just wonder competitiveness if he's got a hit every day
1: yeah i mean there's you know there's some ideas of you know especially when he's on a run letting him play yeah but when he's not you know have somebody there to to sit down don't have to be struggling and and you know we saw him hit a lot of 6th 7th and and so yeah down in the lineup that's a different story too Uh, skip a few guys here that didn't really play a lot. Um, move on down to Paul DeYoung. Uh, you know, you and I were talking this week, you were talking about how you don't want to see Paul DeYoung shifted off short, at least not yet. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people are probably wanting to, you know, of course they're, you know, again, Lindor or something like that, but you know, that's a place where the Cardinals in theory could make an impact move. and, And he has that option. Uh, talk about why you don't want him to shift.
0: I would think they would have to be an elite level shortstop to move him off because I, I think he's a, because I think he is close to elite shortstop. If not, if not super stable with the ability to hit 30 homers and 30 doubles. Um, I think a lot of people look at him because he's not your prototypical shortstop. And I think a lot of guys downgrade him as a shortstop because he didn't hit last year and kind of maybe the year before that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it would take a top-notch guy to do it. I heard, I was on the listening to Randy Carriker on the radio the other day, and he was talking about bringing in Marcus Simeon, and that naturally would fit, and he would play shortstop, and DeYoung would move to a third base. Well, in my eyes, that's kind of a wash. I feel like you could probably upgrade a third base a little bit easier than you could by bringing in and signing a contract to the Simeon, who's on the, you know, he's north of 30. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I DeYoung has done enough to where he's stable, is a good shortstop has worked his tail off to be a good shortstop. One thing that the Cardinals haven't done. And I think that this may be, this is more, this is indicative of the roster. And I think that you can point to several players that has happened. I don't like how he gets miscast as a two, three and four hitter. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd let him be your everyday shortstop and hit him lower in the lineup. And then at that point, it turns into whatever you get out of the young offensively is a bonus. And that, that bonus could be 30 homers and 30 plus doubles. I mean, that's huge with his power. And I, I think that he is a winning player and and means a lot to a ball club. I just think a lot gets put on his shoulders in, in that. And I think it's unfair.
1: I will say that if you could bring in, which again, this is just pipe dream talking because of everything. If you could bring in the Lindor thinking that he's probably not going to resign, which is possible you know, and shift young for a year. That's not a bad thing because sure, of sure, now
0: that. Yeah. It's a little bit different.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. elite guy coming in, but also you cover third for a year. Cause I think you, you, that's the thing about maybe not signing a shortstop long-term or not um, is you, you've got a lot of third baseman in the organization. You've got Montero and you got Gorman for most, most notably. Um, you know, one of those guys could probably take over. In fact, you figure some of the, we're going to see one of those guys probably in 2021, uh, late in the year, probably. Um, and so I don't know that you'd want to shift young on a permanent basis, but you know, who knows? There's lots of different options. I think the youngest fine. I, I do still worry about the fade. Um, we saw that a little bit this year too, but he has had two years where they basically play him every day um and i don't i just wonder that if he got more rest if they had i mean they started the year with edmondo sosa on the on the roster yeah. and then he got on the COVID list and then went to been down to springfield and never saw him and i'd like to know even if it's not so if there was somebody that could play once or twice a week at short if that might not help Young a little bit i i just I don't know if it's weariness. I don't know if it's anything, but it just feels like we, we talked about it significantly in 2019, but it felt like it had some going on in, in 2020 as well. That, you know, that's that stretch run. He's not at his best because it feels like that. He's just, he's just worn out.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, that was, if you remember all the talk in the off season was either bringing in someone who can play shortstop or giving a good run to Sosa or, um, so, so, or Edmund, Edmund. had to play more shortstop, yeah. yep. you know, to, to give him a day off. And it, and it, and it just didn't happen, you know? So let me I did, look at it this way. So the young had, the young had COVID this right. year and right. was out and played 45 games. Seager did not had COVID. Corey Seager didn't and played 52. That's how much they rely on the young. Yep. You know, and that may, like I said, that may be a situation where they just didn't feel like that was a where they weren't at a point to to they were comfortable with Edmund every day, who I felt like did a good job, and they didn't have Sosa, you know, to play. So it's it's pretty crazy, you know. That's a, you know, Trey Turner played fifty nine games. You know, that's that's what these the, the shortstops mean to him. So yeah. I don't I don't know if that what that tells you, but. I do feel like he has a, a ton on his shoulders and a lot of that is hitting in the middle of the lineup too. I just don't know how fair that is to him.
1: Yeah. And he's you're right. I mean, you really can't. And that's again, why we didn't give, why I didn't give grades this year is you know, how much do you grade that for Paul? Dion to be tired off of not put playing all the time or how much do you do that as a result of, you know, COVID um, and, and the repercussions from that, you, you don't know. And, and, you know, you go back to, to next year and you see how it goes. But, um, to some degree, not entirely, but I think to some degree, you toss out 2020 for everybody. Um, and, you know, don't make a whole lot of decisions based on that. Um, Tommy Edmund was our next guy. And like you said, he didn't play the short that we thought he would, but he did play a lot of third. Got a couple, I think he still got a couple games in the outfield, which was kind of crazy still. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, You know, I and I wrote about it in the in the write up. I'd much rather see I I like Tommy Edmund. I think he's done a great job for the Cardinals. I would much rather see him in that role that we thought we were gonna get with Jet Jerko, which we never did either. He Jerko played a lot more. But that I got that the idea that he plays four or five positions and he plays four or five times a week, but he's not necessarily considered your everyday guy you know he's a he's a super sub he's a you know rotate stuff he because i don't know that edmund i don't know if edmund is good enough to be an everyday guy you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah i mean i i completely understand i mean it's uh it he was one of those that kind of broke rank too and, and made it through the system pretty quickly but kind of in the in the the same way that carpenter did they you know kind of under the radar made some impressions you know played well and was like well He's played well enough to make this ball club, you know, type situation. Um, the, the, the thought behind him replacing Wong at second, I can understand it when it could be a money situation to where, you know, they, they didn't look to, well, basically what it turns into is what, if you have a cheaper replacement, you, you may need to do that in a, in a situation to where you're, you're, you're counting every dollar to, in a, in a way to improve. Um, I think Edmund has more pop than Wong, and that surprises me because I really thought that that Wong had a potential to be a 20 home run guy. Mm. Um, I think Edmund could possibly do that. Um, it's yet to be seen whether he's the defender that Wong is, but I don't know if any or if he's anywhere close because I don't know how many second basemen in baseball are. Right. But uh, but yeah, you do wonder if there's gonna be a little bit overexposure. I'm a big believer in the sophomore slump because I think the book gets out on you. So next week will be a, or next week, next year will be a telltale. Um, I like the fact that he would lead off. I kind of looked over his numbers and I didn't because I like the guys that are, that are the high walk rate to be at the top of the lineup, but I do like what he kind of brings and you I mean, can't argue with the speed. Um, That's going to, that, that will be a benefit. I just hope he gets on base enough to be productive, but I do kind of like that pop at the top of the lineup, but to answer your question, I really don't know. Um, I don't know if this roster makes Edmund look better than he is, or if, if he's if he's a darn good player and a winning player that needs to be in the lineup every day. I really just don't know yet. And that's why the 60 games just makes it so tough to judge that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is it's hard to know. It's also possible that the 60 games masked a bit of a you know yeah. sophomores just fump or or the team's figuring him out a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we'll just have to see how next year goes for him. Um, He also feels like a guy that might have a three or four-year window, um, and then that's about all you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Uh, Skip on down here to uh, Jack Flaherty. Flaherty's supposed to be the ace this year. Um, I don't know that he quite did, and I don't really know quite why. Um, What are you thinking?
0: Man. Yeah, I don't. That's tough to say. Just because I feel like we heap a lot of expectations on him, and uh, you know he he kept him in most games, and that's what you kind of want. Um, he's still elite. Uh, everybody would like to have him. It's uh, I don't. I just the analysis on it on 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 him is so tough. Just because you you just never know, and then it goes back into that. I feel like an excuse I'm making this year is you just never know in a short season. You don't ever you don't know what happened and, and the Cardinals had it worse than anybody because of the break. So, you know, I don't know. Um he'll be the head of the rotation next year. He'll be your opening day starter. I, you know, I feel like that says a lot and uh you know, I'm glad the Cardinals have him and somebody else does it if that says anything.
1: Of course he wasn't the hope he wasn't the starting pitcher in the playoffs though. I mean, you know, that's you know, they went to Kim with that. Part of that's Timing issues, but I think in part of it's the way Kim did. I, I assume he will be the starting pitcher next year. I guess let's put it that way uh, to opening day. Yeah, it was, and again, you know, they, they eased him into the season in July because of the weirdness of summer camp. Um, then they get hit with the COVID. Then they eased him back after yeah. that, you know, skipping us, basically skipping that first start, making him up to three innings or whatever like that. You know, he, he was he was terrible against the brewers he was dominant against the pirates um it was a lot of the same teams seeing him so that's something um you know when you when you're seeing a guy three or four times a year then you know that's that's different that's like back in the old days you know when they uh, you know when they played uh, you know stan usual would see um uh, you know a dodger pitcher 10 or 15 times a year you know or something yeah. like that. i mean not quite that many but six or seven at least you know, it was a little bit like that. This year.
0: Have you happened to turn over any numbers of Flaherty against Milwaukee, and how much that affected his season?
1: Uh, yeah. Hang on, let me see. I think I put it in the post. Let me. Uh, I've
0: got it up. I'm just perusing, and I was listening.
1: Yeah, I think uh, uh he he went eight innings in the two two appearances against the Brewers, gave up twelve runs, struck <laughs> out six. While, yeah, I'm looking at. Seven. Wow. So you take those out, and his ERA is of two seventy eight. Yeah. But if you take out his Pirates games, the RA goes up to 659. So part of that's because those first games would be more than two. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it, just, it just wasn't. And again, Flaherty had such a dominant yeah. 2019. I mean, he just was going to take a step back. There was just no doubt about it. Um, but I don't know. I felt like. It was a disappointing year for Flaherty, I think, overall. I would think and, so. Yeah. And that happens, and we'll see how it goes next year. But, um, you know, yeah, you're right. It's definitely not a situation where you're like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. No, no. I think he's still going to be fine. He's going to be good. Um, it's just, um, just wasn't what we thought. So, uh, Dexter Fowler, again, the guy that everybody tends to focus on. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter when this after this one came out um and he was you know pointing out you know the contract's not been that bad except for that one really terrible year but i was like you know it's that and the fact that 17 started off so slow in that first year he was here after the big contract everybody wasn't really sure exactly if the cardinals needed to get a dexter fowler um he starts off slow you know this year it was again i i he wasn't anything special but I think it's probably in line with what the Cardinals thought they would get out of a 2020 Dexter Fowler when they signed that contract.
0: Yeah, I I, I think so as well. I mean, it's, uh, I think the, the, I, I, yeah. In the beginning, I think there was a lot of hope that you're not even talked about this last week, that you were going to have some sort of Fowler Carpenter top of the lineup for a couple of years. Would you just drive up that OBP and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, have some boppers mm-hmm. behind him, you know, producing mm-hmm. runs and they missed that window and it never happened. Um, but at, this, but at this rate, toward the end of the contract, I don't think it's absolutely terrible. I think that just because people don't like him, you're going to hear that it was. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's this is a, this is what Fowler's been his whole career, you know, other than the outlier of one year in in Chicago. So. I don't know how much of a disappointment it is. It, it is a lot of money on the books and that's another thing when you hear that name, as opposed to, you know, Bryce Harper that, that mm-hmm. we had, that it's, it's always going to look, you know, like you've, you've taken the, the loss on this, but you know, I just don't know if I believe that mindset.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I 2021 is going to be the last year for Dexter Fowler in St. Louis. I think yeah. that's pretty clear. Um, I don't know where he goes to finish his career because I think he still could play another year or two after this. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be done, um, and it just—I don't know—it just hasn't clicked in St. Louis as well as we'd like. But that contract isn't as bad as I think. I think in we look back and after five, ten years or so, we might appreciate it a little bit more. Um, not that it doesn't have its flaws, not that it's you know a great thing, and I'm still not convinced. Wasn't convinced of the time. Still not convinced that that was a move that the Cardinals needed to make. Um, but I've, for the most part, I've liked having Dexter Fowler on this team. Sure, uh, I think that you know not only for what he's done on the field, but the personality that he's brought to it. I, I think it's nice. Now, again, he does have that stigma of <laughs> coming off of the Cubs, and not only the Cubs, but the you know uh, c- helping the Cubs win a World Series. So <laughs> you know he yeah. had a he had an uphill road anyway. But um, you yeah. know overall. I think it just, it is what it is right now. And you don't expect a lot from Dexter Fowler. And, and when he gives you something, you, you just appreciate what it is. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I feel like there's a pretty good leadership role out of it and, um, you know, let it play out.
1: Yeah. Um, man, we've taken a little bit longer on this than I thought we would, but, um, so we'll, let's combine the next two, um, because they're both relievers, uh, Gallagos and Gant. Um, I, you know, I think overall, really good I mean Gant was much better than I thought he would be mm-hmm. um you know you and I talked this off season about him being a non-tender guy because of how you know how bad his second half was and and all that and I know you've always been you've been more in his corner than I have um a good a rebound year and Gallegos I think was pretty much what we saw last
0: year sure yeah you have to, it, it's funny with Gallegos the second year in a row where he was fairly dominant and striking out he struck out a ton of dudes kind of like he did early in his career in the yankee system mm-hmm. makes you think that hey this is going to be this this may be the player we see the rest of his career the rest of his time with the cardinals to where he can be a back of the bullpen guy that's going to strike a lot of guys out and get some people out you know his last impression of the of the in the playoffs wasn't great but you know it's kind of seemed like the Padres were kind of a team of destiny if the Cardinals blew that lead in the game, in the second game. So I don't know how much we can hold against them. Gantz, another one of those that's it, one of the, another one. The Cardinals may have too many of these guys. Gantz, one of those that could be a non-tender guy or he could be a rotation <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, the spectrum, that he could run. He's meant a lot to them out of the bullpen. I mean, he's he's had some really, really impressive runs, but you do wonder what kind of a redundant player that Gant is that you could probably get somebody to maybe come close to matching those numbers. So I don't really know what to say. I do like him as a, as a bullpen piece and I think he competes and um, I think he would help him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not a Cardinal next year.
1: It's like, do you see him putting up enough value that he could be a part of a deal Not not the focal point, but at least at least a piece to something else. I don't know what that other thing would be, but um you start saying that and you start thinking about teams that need cheap pitching and I know Gant's in arbitration right now, but he's still gonna probably wind up being cheaper than you know, a lot of other things. So
0: Well, I mean he has he has value because he can start and pitch pin and do it effectively. I mean, it's um he has a track record of both. So I would think he has some value
1: be Interesting to, to see how they tr- treat that this, uh, this offseason. Uh, we get to uh, yesterday's last one was Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know if there's much to say. I, it, it was, I mean, he's the one of the few guys you could give an A to for this year if you were I don't think so. Players. A pretty solid um, A. Um, he was much more of the Paul Goldschmidt that we thought the Cardinals were getting. Um, you know, and other than that, he was he was kind of a, a boring a boring in a good way because he was just that consistently good player. Um, that that we were hoping that we would get last year and finally seems to have maybe settled into St. Louis a little bit more.
0: Yeah. it's a, uh, there's a, there's a plus and a minus to uh goldsmith having such a good year. The plus is this is what we expected. This is the player that he is. He's elite. And, uh, and this is, I, I could, I, you could kind of see that there was a transition year last year and, and you kind of gave him a little bit of a pass by not having the year that you thought just because he didn't hit in some big situations. I think that was the only thing that that was a knock this year or last year. Now in 20, what stinks about it is having such a good year and showing the player that he is, and he can only do it in 58 games. Yeah. And that's a year off his contract. You know yep. that's those are the things that really bother me about the shortened season this year and everything that uh, that happened through the uh, the pandemic situation. Of you waste a really good year, Goldschmidt, and I don't think I think he'll have a comparable year next year. I think he'll be a great player throughout his contract, but it's still that you miss one of those seasons where he's your best player, hands down.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate. And you know you got to do something around him too, um, and that's I'll just for another time yeah. while we've been talking um another one did drop because i've got these scheduled so austin gomber is the one that has just come out this morning um and we can wrap up with that but it feels like to me if there's a spot in the rotation that's open it feels like gomber's the guy that's gonna get the first shot at it
0: Yeah, i agree with that i agree with that and i think that he pitched so well during the uh the, the end of the season, I think that would probably be a pretty easy decision. I honestly think that he probably overtook Ponce for that spot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought Ponce de Leon pitched great toward the end of the year, you know, after overcoming some of those hurdles, because you and I have several text messages talking <laughs> about how we were not, we were kind of concerned about Ponce moving forward, but I thought he did well. But I'm a big fan of Gomber. I like what he brings. I feel like he has high strikeout potential and I would there's a part of me that would like to see him in an extended run in the rotation. Um the, uh, the he's another one though that I felt like some of the some of the thing some of the weight that's dragging him is the fact that they thought he was going to be an elite lefty reliever. And I remember hearing that for 2 or 3 years before he came up and I feel like sometimes they just can't let that go and let yeah. the, the player become who the player can be.
1: I think that's fair. I think that's a lot of that, that they get an idea in their head. And they, I mean, we've seen a lot, a lot of starters going to the bullpen, especially not as, you know, for Rosenthal, uh, you know, maybe Alex Reyes. We'll see Um, some others that have been very good at, as a relief, as a well, Cabrera, Gomber, things of that nature that have had success in the minors as a starter. But you know they come up and they need to be a you know they ne- there's easiest way to get them in adjusted the majors is a reliever and then they do well and, and the cardinals tend to you know they have so many starters that it's just easier to keep them in the bullpen and, and um, it's a difficult sales situation you know again it feels like there's going to be a spot in the rotation this year whether it's yeah. Adam Wainwright not returning or it's Carlos Martinez being traded or Somebody getting hurt or whatever. I w-
0: yeah, I think that I I think that we have to kind of let loose of the idea that Mikeless is going to be one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, because what he went under surgery right as the season started, right? July, right? Yeah. uh Because they they thought he was going to. They started the season on the DL yeah. like in, over during COVID. I think the the COVID layoff or right before it. That
0: sure. Um, I, I knew it was later. I didn't think it was that late. So. Yeah. I, I get a little, I get he and Brebbia mixed up a little bit on that.
1: Too. Yeah, Brebia was back, I think. Real in,
0: late. In
1: now, Brebia, I think, was at the beginning of uh, summer camp. Oh, okay. But they at least knew he was hurt. Let me see if I can, see if I can, see if I can find. Uh, Brebia mm. went under, underwent Tommy John on June 25th. That's this mm. article right there. So, oh. I guess he got hurt at the end of of actual spring camp and then had the surgery during the layoff. Um,
0: Michaelis did, correct?
1: No, that's uh, Brevia. uh, Brevia. Okay. Um, Let me quickly punch up. Uh, July 28th is the article for out for the season to repair the tendons. So you're talking end of July. No, you're looking. I had that surgery. Um, You know, I know they continue to say that that's they always say he'll be ready for spring training. Uh, yeah, you're right. I nah. don't know. And um and there'll be some even if he's ready, there's gotta be some getting back to sure game shape. I mean he has he nah. didn't pitch I mean, really, for twenty twenty. Um so you know, is that a situation where you do a, a six man rotation type of thing or whatever? It, it it feels like Gomer's gonna get a number of opportunities. I right? completely
0: agree. I completely agree. I think Gomber's going to and not to jump ahead because I know that you have another one coming out, but I think Reyes is the wild card.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. so Reyes is an interesting interesting one to think about. Well, um, Alan and I actually had, and Alan, I'm going I'm to leave this up to you here. Uh, Alan and I had originally talked about this week doing um, our version of the Cardinal Blogger Awards because the Blogger Awards we've done the last three or four, uh, 13, 14 years, um, really not doing them the same way this year alan i thought it'd be a good talking point but i don't think we expected to talk an hour on the exit interviews. so alan do we want to go long and and hit those tonight or do we want to save that for maybe a early december uh well
0: considering that you have a a ton of uh uh, exit interviews to go let's just save it and ponder on it a little bit and read the articles and rally back to it
1: sounds like a good plan to me uh i'd I'd rather because as as much as i expect that our um Answers will be very similar. I know in the past, uh, going through those rewards has taken quite a bit of time, so we'll save it. Um, we'll try to come up with a show. Uh, uh, who knows? Maybe some point time. Uh, not next week. Know that for sure. And uh, we'll be back into our uh, evenings or, or our recordings. We won't be doing Friday mornings anymore after that. But um, you know, maybe we can sneak in a, a short show on Thanksgiving break after we've eaten all the food that we're going to eat. <laughs> I'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, until next time, whenever that may be, that's Alan. Oh, Daniel, good night. Good night.
0: They just.